Live from London, this is The Breakfast Show with James Clark on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning. Here we are. We are live in North London for your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, James Clark, and I am talking to you today all about careers. So what job did you do? What skills did you develop? And how has it helped you now? Come on, share it with me here live on Teachers Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in and talk it out with us. Live from London. This is The Breakfast Show with James Clark on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. That's right, we're back. Good morning. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm definitely happy to get pancakes as we speak. Well, the pancakes usually yesterday, so This morning, though, we are talking all about our past careers, how it helps us, and what skills we develop. Good morning and welcome to Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show with me, James Clark, on Teachers Talk Radio. Very excited, as always, to be here with you all, giving you a daily dose, a daily dose, a weekly dose of your Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show. Is that is that a theme or have I just, I think I've just made that up, but there we go. <laughs> We're here anyway. Uh, very excited to be here. Next week, as some of you may or may not know, is National Careers Week, so it's a time where Schools up and down the country will no doubt be looking at careers and talking to their students about their future, which is a slightly scary uh, concept. I remember when I was at school, kind of being told, you know, or not being told, um, you know, having all these discussions around what you wanted to do and things like that. And I really wanted to be, when I grew up, I wanted to be cabin crew. That was my goals and ambitions in life was to be cabin crew and still to this day to be fair I still would quite like to be cabin crew I don't know something about it that I've, you know, I've always found really fascinating and really interesting and alas obviously I, I never made it into cabin crew but I have had a few uh, various jobs along the way um, one of the jobs I did now I, again, absolutely nothing wrong with this job whatsoever, uh, but it always makes me laugh when I say it because my friends always jokingly talk to me about it when I, you know, I did do a stint 
at McDonald's. Um, I was a McDonald's employee. Um, I lasted about three weeks. Now, I have had friends on, on the flip side. It was one of their best jobs. And, you know, as a company, actually, they do really well in offering lots of um, bonuses and services and all, all those kind of things. Um, but I did do three weeks at McDonald's and, and I just couldn't do it. I just, I, I've worked out. And it's, again, it's not the fact that it was McDonald's, I don't think. I think I've just worked out that I'm my, I've got good customer service, but I'm just I can't do um, I can't do food uh, mainly because I kept eating it. Like not while I was serving it, obviously, because you know unhygienic and everything. But just generally, I just couldn't I just couldn't stop myself every break time that you could kind of have a McDonald's. I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll have a McDonald's. And I was like, by like the third week, I was like, I can't do it anymore. And I've also done a very short stint in Sainsbury's as well. I've done a short stint doing supermarket work. And that wasn't quite for me either. And I think it is good to have these kind of careers or these kind of jobs or however you want to phrase them where, you know, you don't, they may not be your cup of tea, but you've got to do them to learn that, I think. I think you sometimes have to learn a little bit of the hard way about it. But lots of you have been getting in touch with me and telling me all about your careers. Um, so National Careers Week is next week. Uh, their slogan, their tagline is empowering positive change through careers education. Lots of schools up and down and um, take this opportunity to really uh, talk about and embed the careers curriculum um, within their school. And I know that our school in particular have been reaching out to uh, teachers and staff to be asking what jobs they've done in the past and what skills they developed from that. I think sometimes when we you know, talk about jobs and careers, for lots of young people, and I know I'm making a really broad statement here, but, I, you know, why not? It's a Wednesday morning. Let's do it. But I'm making a really broad statement. And actually, that, you know, lots of them will just look very much on the surface about the job. So, you know, if it's, I'm trying to think, you know, if it's something like working in a supermarket, they might think on the surface of it, oh, you know, what skills am I going to develop there? All you're doing is, you know, working on a checkout or sacking shelves or whatever it might be. They, they think quite literal in the sense of what the job is rather than what you're actually learning and developing from it. The fact that you're learning discipline, the fact that you're learning to work as a team, um, you know, you've got responsibility, all of those kind of things, all those skills that you, independence that, you know, I started doing, and again, this was a, a rookie mistake. I don't know why I did this. I didn't need to do the job at the time, but I've always been, you know, brought up in a way that as soon as you can, you, you, you go out there and you, you get a job. And I've had a job since I was 16. I've been very lucky with that. And I remember being at university and seeing a job working at Sainsbury's. Other supermarkets available. But I remember seeing a job working at Sainsbury's and it was a night shift. And I thought, oh, this will be fine. No problem. I'll still be able to do my uni work and go to uni during the day. This lasted about two weeks, I think, um, because I worked out that basically I was going to work at like 11 o'clock on, I think, a Thursday or a Wednesday at night. So 11 o'clock on a Thursday or a Wednesday. And then I would finish the shift at like seven in the morning and then go straight to work. So I would never actually. And then I would come back and crash. So I'd, I'd go from, you know, 11 that night, go through till seven, have university, finish uni at like two or three in the afternoon, sleep, to then get up again for seven, eight, to then go to work for nine or 10, to then do the same thing again. I just thought, you know what, this, 
this is not working. This, this is not healthy. But I did, you know, I learned a lot of routine. I learned a, a lot of experiences from doing it, despite the fact it's only a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, not going back to that one anytime soon. But let's look at some of the ones that people have been sending in. And don't forget that you can get involved in the conversation, as I know lots of you are. I've been uh, tagged in the post, I can see this morning, by uh, at Nathan, uh, sorry, at Lesson Copy, Nathan Lesson Copy here, yeah, talking about his show. And, and lots of people getting involved. And it's really uh, great to see so many people animated on all the amazing topics that happen across Teachers Talk Radio. So if you want to find out what topics are happening and what conversations are happening, then all you need to do is go on to at TT Radio 2022 on Twitter or find us on all other social medias such as LinkedIn, Facebook, um, what's the other one? Instagram, you know, you name it, we're there. So come, come and find us, come and have a chat about it. Come and see all the amazing things that are happening across the team and all the amazing conversations. Also, you can use the hashtag, hashtag TT Radio, uh, and you'll find lots of comments there coming through. Also, if you want to find out more about the shows that are happening, because there are shows happening all the time across Teach Talk Radio, particularly on a Wednesday. Wednesday seems to be um, seems to be the day. So do have a look on Twitter for that, um, or go to our website, ttradio.org, where you'll find absolutely everything you need on there. But the conversation today was all about Careers Week, so let's see some of the comments that you have put to this. Just got to go on to the tweet. Very bad at multitasking. Here we go. Uh, at uh, Robble Whiz Bang. I mean, I mainly just love doing this because I love reading people's names. But at Robble Whiz Bang said, technical sales. Many years of learning how to persuade people, identifying and understanding their barriers. And this is a trainee computer science teacher um, who's sharing musings on education and the crypto sphere. Love it. As a few others, I reached out to speak to some of our many amazing hosts and ask what they had done as jobs and what they had learned from that. We've got At Lesson Copy, who I know is also here this morning, saying I was an outdoor education instructor, which is an obvious one. But I think being a waiter helped me loads with talking to parents. I think service industry training is really valuable to teachers. And lots of that kind of coming through is a common theme of this idea of um, service industry and, you know, the skills that you learn from that and what are quite often, and again, this doesn't mean in, in any way an offence at all, but those sort of base level jobs in the sense that they are lots of jobs that for many young people, they're the first kind of jobs that they go into is working in some common kind of I guess, customer-facing service role, whether that's in a supermarket, whether that's, you know, as a, as a waiter working in a restaurant or any of those sorts of things. And they are incredible and amazing jobs to have, but they're also not the most easiest jobs to do at all. I mean, doing anything that is customer-facing or a service role when the customer is always right, even when they're probably not right, is really difficult to, to face. But again, super important skills that you then take forward and learn and need for your later uh, in life careers. And um, some of the other jobs that I've done, uh, we've been doing these uh, posters. I think I posted an example of it on my Twitter, which you can have a look at and see um, either on the TT Radio Twitter or you can go onto mine uh, at JAMCLAR96. And you'll see we've been getting these career path poster esque things coming up. 
And some of the other jobs that I've done, I've done a, a theatre duty manager. So I've been a duty manager at a theatre and, and worked in a bar at theatre as well. Uh, I was a play worker for children with special needs and a personal assistant um, for boys with autism. And when I was actually trying to think about the skills that I've developed from those jobs, I think you start to see that they all really, really interlink. So, you know, leadership, uh, creativity, uh, teamwork, uh, industry and specialist knowledge, professionalism. And I think that's the biggest thing we can do as, as educators when we talk about the careers uh, curriculum and widening the careers curriculum and opening up the careers curriculum for our young people is really getting them to understand that all of these skills are so important and any job you do is going to offer you an opportunity to develop your skills which are ultimately going to help you no matter what you go on to do. Um, we'll be talking a lot more today and sharing some more examples of the jobs that you have done and the skills you have learned ahead of National Careers Week next week. And I'll also be talking more about what I've done and what we do at our school about tackling and talking about careers, particularly when it comes to looking at those stereotypes and breaking down the stereotypes of certain jobs being, to quote, boys' jobs or girls' jobs. I think Theresa May made that point at one point, I believe. Um, <laughs> the joys of politics. But that's not the conversation today. Lots of you be pleased to know. What is a conversation is looking at the careers and the careers education and talking a little bit more about that and how we address that in schools. Before that, though, I'm going to give you your news update for today. And my favourite thing, which I, I, you know, I love the news. And of course, I, I love listening to all the amazing things that happen across Teach Talk Radio. But one of my favourite things is I do love the tech update. I look forward to this every week because i do think they're quite fascinating and nine times out of ten i did not know the tech update and did not know what this top tip was so uh let's see if i know it this week here though is your news update this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the uk's leading provider of sen education and care they're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N.co.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn 
Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Wales, new funding, believed to be around £15 million, will allow free school meals to be extended over the summer holidays. This comes on top of the already announced investment of hundreds of millions of pounds to expand free school meals to all primary school children. First Minister Mark Drakeford said, Today's announcement does include £22.5 million to extend free school meals during the school holidays, through the Easter holiday and right through to the end of the summer holiday this year as well. That, once again, is money that goes directly to those families who will struggle the most in the face of the cost of living crisis. In Scotland, 1,324 school leavers from East Dumbartonshire went on to work training or further study. These latest figures from the Scottish Government show a 6% rise in the number of positive destinations for young people, up to 98.6%, the highest in Scotland. Rona Mackay, MSP for Strathkelvin and Bearstown said, I'm delighted that an incredible 98.6% of pupils across Eastern Bartonshire are going on to positive destinations, whether that be work, training or further study. This is a record-breaking, nation-leading figure and is a testament to the incredible work both our teachers, educators and pupils are carrying out in our communities. The transition for young people from school to adulthood is vital and the SNP is committed to getting this right for every young person across Scotland, no matter what their background. The figures were released last week in the Scottish Government's summary statistics for attainment and initial leavers destinations. March the 1st is National Offer Day in England, where primary children find out if they got into the secondary school of their choice. If children miss out on their first choice school, 
the decision can be appealed. The government website states, the admission authority for the school must allow you at least 20 school days to appeal from when they send the decision letter. The admission authority will set a deadline for submitting information and evidence to support your appeal. If you submit anything after the deadline, it might not be considered and may result in delays to your hearing. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, today I'm responding to a tweet from Michelle Stevens at M underscore Stevens Zero, pointing out to at Team English One that a lot of people don't know about the snipping tool, and she was compiling a list of shortcuts. The thread sparked a lot of fantastic responses and inspired today's Two Minute Tech. Today I present Getting Snippy With It. In Windows, a simple shortcut combo of Windows plus Shift plus S opens the snipping tool. The snipping tool is like an advanced version of print screen. After the combo key press, a small menu appears giving you five options. Rectangle select, which is draw a box around what you want, freeform select which is draw a shape around what you want, window select which is pick the window you want to capture, screen select which captures the full screen or replication of the print screen button. Some may say there's no point to this but stay tuned, there is. Finally there's a cross to close and pressing escape can do the same thing. If you have an interactive board you can pin snip and sketch to your taskbar, right click the icon and select pin to taskbar. Now you can press it to make screen grabs and not have to go over to the keyboard. Snip and sketch also gives you the ability to annotate on a screenshot. To make this even more powerful did you know pressing Windows and V shows your last 25 captures to your clipboard? The first time you use this, you'll need to switch on the feature by pressing Windows and V and agreeing to switch it on. Now you can take several screen captures and then paste them into the app you're presenting with. This can be very time efficient. For this week's visual version of the episode, I've made a series of clips and given some real life examples of using a snipping tool. So don't forget to check out TT Radio 2020 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome back. It's your Wednesday morning breakfast show me, James Clark, live from North London.
And hello, hello, hello. There we go. Oh, do you know what? I, I, every time I play that song, I'm like, it stops way too abrupt. I say this every show. Uh, but there we go. Welcome, everybody. I hope you are all well. Thank you so much for listening to us. And thank you for uh, joining us on Teacher Talk Radio. Um, lots to go through, as always. Lots of conversations to have, discussions to have today around uh, careers education, which uh, for those of you may may not know if you are listening abroad, but in the Education Act 2011, I believe, it establishes our statutory duty here in the UK to ensure that young people under 19 in England have access to career guidance and support. Um, we look at something quite often called the Gatsby Benchmarks. So the Gatsby uh, Benchmarks are... Uh, a set of eight benchmarks, and the idea is that you kind of all schools work towards these and that all students have uh, access to each one. I'm going to go through each of them uh, one at a time for those who may not or may not be aware. So number one of the Gatsby Benchmarks, oh my goodness, I'm getting words, words. Um, number one of the uh, Gatsby Benchmarks is a stable careers programme. Every school should have an embedded programme of career education and guidance that is known and understood by pupils, parents, teachers, and employers. Uh, number two, learning from career and labor market information. Every pupil and their parents should have access to good quality information about future study options and the labor market opportunities. Uh, number three, addressing the needs of each pupil. Opportunities for advice and support need to be tailored to the needs of each pupil. A school's careers programme should embed equality and diversity considerations throughout. Uh, number four, linking curriculum learning to careers. All teachers should link curriculum learning with careers. For example, STEM subjects, which is uh, the science, technology, electricity, maths, those, yes, <laughs> should highlight the relevance of STEM subjects for a wide range of future career paths. Five, encounters with employers and employees. Every pupil should have multiple opportunities to learn from employers about work, employment, and the skills that are valued in the workplace. Number six, experiences of workplace. Every pupil should have first-hand experiences of the workplace through work visits, work shadowing, and slash or work experience. Number seven, encounters with further and higher education. All pupils should understand the full range of learning opportunities that are available to them. This includes both academic and vocational routes and learning in schools, colleges, universities, and in the workplace. And number eight, personal guidance. Every pupil should have opportunities for guidance interviews with a careers advisor who could be internal, a member of school staff, or external, provided they are trained at an appropriate level. So they are the eight uh, Gatsby benchmarks that schools should be working towards and offering that statutory uh, careers education as part of the curriculum. And I think every school does it in lots of different ways. Um, I can only really talk about my experiences of, of my school, but also what I've seen people do. Now, we are very lucky um, that we have uh, an embedded careers programme as part of our RSHE, as we call it, Relationship, Sex, Health, Education, uh, lessons and program here and it also reached out to the wider curriculum and I think some of these are a lot easier than others to access and I think one of the real uh, downfalls of change that's happened over the last few years is work experience now I know that when I was in year I think it was must yeah I think it was year 11 was it year 11 or was it sixth form uh, of college I think it was year 11 
In year 11, we all got to go and take part in work experience. And I remember I spent, I think, two weeks uh, in a theatre company. And the theatre company was actually in Lewis, which was not like that close from where I lived. But um, it was something I really wanted to do. And I remember the work experience and I remember running little drama classes and painting set for a show and all this other stuff that was kind of happening. And it was just a local theatre company that was kind of allowing students to kind of work there with them. But it was amazing and it was such an eye-opening experience. And I think sometimes it's really hard to create those kind of opportunities now because they don't seem to exist as much. I don't know many schools that still run uh, work experience. And even if you try and replicate it or you do, you know, experience uh, where they, you know, you get your students to work as teachers, support teachers or, or things like that in the school. And I've seen some places do that where the students become uh, like TAs in the classroom or, or work with the admin staff or support staff or things like that. And I think that's, that's really great and that, that's trying to fill that gap of work experience, but it's not the same. Like, you know, it's, it's nowhere near the same as actually being in a professional environment where, you know, you don't know really everybody at all and you're, you're having to learn the job. You're, you're having to do the job. You know, it's a completely different, different type of experience. But, you know, that's the one that I think is the hardest benchmark for people to achieve, particularly. And there are lots of kind of external places you can go to that support that. But it's also expensive. I know that some places now, I've, I've seen it. Uh, you know, I won't mention where or, or who does that, but I know that some schools um, are are in the fortunate position, perhaps, where they're able to pay for these work experience companies to come in. And I think that's, I'm, I'm not at all saying that's a negative thing, because actually that's a fantastic and brilliant thing to be able to do. But it's unfortunately not something that is accessible to, to everybody to be able to do. It's not something that everybody can have or, or take advantage of or has the resources to do. So perhaps becomes a little bit uh, elitist, I guess, is a word there that I might might use. Um, but some of these other points about what we do, and I think something that's really mentioned here is, uh, I've just got to find uh, the point it makes. Yeah, this one, addressing the needs of each pupil, opportunities for advice and support need to be tailored to the needs of each pupil. A school's career programme should embed in quality and diversity considerations throughout. We start this with our school in year seven. And one of the key things we really look at is actually, you know, what are the expectations of jobs? And what I mean by that is, are people looking at jobs and thinking, I can't do these jobs because I am a girl, or I can, I can only do these jobs because I am a boy, and so forth and so forth. And there's a fantastic video. Um, I can't remember who it's by, but we use it all the time. But essentially this video, it asks the, uh, set in a primary school, in a British primary school, and it asks the kids in the room to draw a picture of a uh, fighter pilot, um, a brain surgeon, and a firefighter, I think. So they ask them to draw pictures of those three jobs. And then obviously as they draw them, and we, and I did this during a lockdown and uh, when we did online learning and online lessons and 
we used the joy as a jam board, which is like an interactive whiteboard type thing. And we, I did this with, um, so I think some year sevens at that time as a whole year group. And the same responses came up as they do in this video, which is as they're drawing these firefighters, um, these fighter pilots and these brain surgeons, is that, you know, 90% of the images that are being created are all of uh, men. So they are all of a male fighter pilot, they're a male fighter you know, fireman, they are a brain surgeon or a doctor that is male. And it was super interesting that this was done completely, you know, unconsciously. They were just doing this um, with what they imagined it to be in their heads, but it was all male gendered. And, or at least, you know, all male uh, people being drawn, or at least 90% of them were. And you really start to then break that down. And that happened the exact same thing with our students. And it's like, oh my goodness, like how can you even start talking about careers and progression and jobs if the young people you're talking to about careers and the young people you're talking to about their futures are already narrowing down their options because they think certain pathways are going to be closed off to them because of their gender, because of their sex. And I think that's a real... Um, I mean, that, that's not anything at all that can be solved overnight. I mean, that is something that's embedded in people from a very, very young age. It's the same as when it comes to colours and people thinking blue's a certain colour or red's a certain colour or pink's a certain colour and so forth. But actually, how on earth are we meant to open up and, and raise the aspirations and all of these buzzwords that we love to, to throw about in education? But how on earth are we meant to be able to do all those things if our young people have already decided that there are certain things they can't do. So I think that's the biggest thing about breaking it down that we do that I think is, you know, really, really important step to make. There's another video that, that links onto that. And it talks about, you know, where these ideas are formed of people thinking they can take certain careers or certain jobs. Uh, and this links a little bit to what we do in year nine and year eight, particularly when they're picking their options. And it talks about toys, it's another classic one, and how, you know, the, you look at the toy market and what toys are often given to boys and what toys are often given to girls and boys are often given, uh, you know, pretend laptops or those cars or, you know, things that are mechanical, Lego, Meccano, all of those kind of sets, you know, a fake, I mean, I had one as a kid, you know, a builder's workshop, you know, the plastic toys, all of those things. And then you look at what the girls get and the girls will get, you know, the dolls, the Barbies, the, the vet set, you know, even like the shopping sets or the kitchen sets or all of those kind of things. And actually that then plays a bigger impact more than we probably really understand or know you know, to its full extent currently, but that then plays into what they then pick as subjects and how they view subjects at school. So suddenly you have a lot more boys taking STEM-related subjects, IT-related subjects, all of those kind of things. Is also potentially, or there's a very strong correlation or belief or theory that is also down to the fact that that's what they received when they were at school. You know, they had... Yeah, sorry, when they were at school and when they were at um, primary age and that was the toys they got given as all of these different things. 
And then we look at what the girls get and they get the dolls and they get all of these bits and bobs. And then, you know, they end up being a, uh, more accepted, I think. It, although, obviously, we all do what we can to, to show acceptance to everybody. But there's definitely more of a social acceptance for girls to be doing things like dance, gymnastics, you know, ballet, uh, drama. I mean, I, I teach drama to an extent and I'm very lucky that we have lots of boys who take drama but I know in lots of other schools and places that's not always the case because it is seen as a lot more of a, a feminine related subject because again it's to do with expression and things like that you know even art sets you know you go to the you know and I challenge anybody who's listening to this to kind of go into their when they're next in their supermarket or in, in their big town and have a look at the toys or go and search on Amazon and you know arts and crafts for kids you know, I guarantee that the first sort of sets that come up or the majority of what you see are going to be more tailored towards sort of females. And those conversations, I think sometimes people think, oh, we can only have those when they can, you know, know year 11 or year 10 or da, da, da. Actually, they're really important careers conversations to be having right from the very start. And I know lots of primary schools um, really do their best at tackling this because that's really where it needs to happen. Even by year seven, it's kind of a bit too late in lots of ways. Um, so I think really tackling those conversations and being like, no, actually, you really can do any job that you want to do. And the only thing that's going to stop you is you. And whether that's you not believing in yourself or you not achieving the grades to be able to go and do that course or whatever it might be, that's the only barrier you're ever going to face. Not because of your sex, that's, you're not going to be a barrier, not because of your disability or whatever it may, might be. So for me, careers education starts at very a young age and starts really with that benchmark three that we talked about, you know, addressing the needs of each pupil. And this bit, the quote line, it says here, a school's career program should embed equality and diversity considerations throughout. But what do you think? We'll be talking a little bit more about that in a moment. But after a short musical interlude, I'm going to be finding some more skills that you developed from your previous jobs. Teachers Talk 
Radio and you'll find all the information there. But let's look now at some of the jobs some of our hosts have been doing and some of the conversations that they had to say about that as well. So let's have a look then. So at uh, Tripacata... I can't say this, but it's Seb, one of our Teach Talk Radio hosts, uh, saying that call center supervisor for year, four years helped me learn organizational skills, build staff relationship, and get my Excel skills up to a reasonable level, plus, of course, working under pressure. Now, I have to say that that is something that I'm very jealous of, and that is the Excel spreadsheet whizzes out there, because... I've got a friend who, uh, I mean, I like, I like things looking pretty. So give me like a Word document or a slideshow or any of that. Like I spend probably too much long, too much long. Good English, James. I spend probably far too long um, just on making my slides, my lessons look pretty rather than probably sometimes the content. Um, but looking at kind of people who can really know Excel, like really know how to do like all of the the sums, everything. All that I can do is the auto sum, and that's about it. So, you know, fantastic skill to learn, particularly for teaching, and particularly you know if you're working in data or, or trying to do assessment breakdown or anything like that. So maybe I need to go speak to Seb about that one. Uh, we've also got here at Miss Said uh, Safe at Safe Senko Said saying, uh, briefly worked in retail when I was much. Uh, in capital letters there, younger than I am now, but still value what it taught me about working under immense pressure, especially during the sales. Yep, I'd never envy anybody who works in retail during the Christmas period, or um, particularly at Black Friday, uh, because that just, yeah, that looks carnage i mean if you can <laughs> i think if you can survive black friday you'll survive a day you know or a week in a secondary school i mean you think your school playground's bad enough you've got to go and have a look at uh <laughs> what the playground's like but yeah absolutely agree with that and thank you for sharing that one uh, we've also got here at elt graham uh, graham Sani saying i spent a couple of years uh, managing a 3d virtual world teaching center in hashtag second life which helped me a lot with working and hashtag remote teaching. Absolutely fantastic. We've got at Megan, Megan Goods, uh, who said, wedding planning definitely helped develop my organizational skills. Now, what I've loved about this is just finding out all of these other jobs that lots of our other amazing, uh, particularly, you know, listeners, but also lots of current Teach Talk Radio hosts uh, and their past jobs have done which I find super interesting because obviously everybody that kind of working on this show across the different shows are all teachers in different capacities or, or different ways working in education. And it just shows you the wide variety of pathways that uh, people come into teaching and come into education. I mean, who would have thought that uh, maybe Megan might not have thought this, that coming from, and I'm just going on to her profile now, coming from being a uh, wedding planner, she's now a international secondary English teacher in Belgium, which I think is pretty uh, cool. Uh, then we have at Ibi Isaac, who said, I worked for AMX for the fraud team. Lots of awkward, difficult conversations helped shape some of the ones we have in our roles now. And she is a cross-trust assistant head for teaching and learning. Uh, so there we go, from working in the fraud team, 
to dealing with teenagers. Look at that link. <laughs> but let's talk about the careers that you've had. Continue to keep them coming in, continue to share them. It's been absolutely amazing to kind of see where people have gone and talk more about how schools and how people are approaching their careers program. I mentioned right at the start of the show that next week is National Careers Week, um, a time which lots of schools will be celebrating up and down the country. Lots of schools will be uh, starting to think about their careers program and how they can celebrate it. And I want to give you a few ideas um, so that if you are listening to this show live or you are perhaps listening to this back, getting yourselves ready for National Careers Week uh, happening next week, here are some things that we are doing and lots more can be found by going onto pretty much loads of websites that are to do with careers. I mean, there's Barclays Life Skills, you can go onto PSHE Association or go onto the National Careers Week website and you'll find loads there as well. Uh, we're doing with year nine, we're doing speed dating, uh, which I, I will explain uh, fully before people think I've just gone a little bit insane. Uh, but speed dating, so we are bringing lots of um, professionals who work in the local community, in the local area, and also lots of our teachers, particularly our support staff. So, you know, the people that work in our finance teams, in our HR teams, in our reprographics teams, you know, they are, I say teams, I mean reprographics is one person, but you get what I mean. And um, they are coming in and a form class at a time, so about 25, 30 students at a time. They will go around uh, each person that's in the room in kind of threes or fours, and they'll basically get a five-minute interview with this person in front of them to kind of question them and ask them about, you know, how did you get into your job? You know, what career path did you take? Um, what GCSEs did you get? All of those things, because uh, we teach it and we talk about it, but I... It's not the same as actually, you know, I've, I've always found that people respond so differently when they've got uh, an external person in front of them that they can talk to. So we're lucky that we've got that happening with year nine. I've got running a, an enterprise challenge. Now, I don't know about anybody else at school, but I remember this so clearly. And maybe it was just because I was, the, you know, one of those kids that loved it. But we used to have this, like, challenge. We did it twice. Once I did it in year seven or eight and it was like this bp oil challenge thing where you were like an oil company and you had a team and you had to try and work out when to sell or not sell your stocks and then market crashes happened and so forth uh, and then we did another one before where we had to come up with this brand new invention and idea and pitch it and things like that so we're doing that uh, and we're doing that for national careers week and with uh, year 10s and getting them to think about the different um, roles involved in a business. So it's basically, I guess, like an, uh, The Apprentice, the TV show, but condensed down to two hours. And hopefully, I feel like my students will probably be a little bit better than what I've been watching on The Apprentice recently. Uh, and then year 11 are having some more tailored workshops from some universities. So reaching out to your local community, seeing what is out there, you know, see if you can get them to come in. And year seven, we are doing a bit of a treasure hunt with. So we're getting them to have a scavenger hunt. So we're getting them to go around the school 
uh, where there'll be lots of information about different careers and I'll have uh, three days to complete this bit of a paper that they've got with questions. But also as part of that is going to be for them to ask their teachers, you know, what did they do? Uh, what jobs did they take part in? What did they learn from those? And we've all created these posters as well, which have gone up around the school. And they are really interesting because I'm going to read a few of these out and I'm, I'm well aware that anybody who listens back to this is not going to have a clue who these teachers are. So I will give you a bit of context about what these teachers are and, and where they've been. But I think this is also just a really great um, idea for any school or, or, you know, that is perhaps really restricted on time because the curriculum is really busy. There's lots going on with it. You know, we're not using the term catch up, but, you know, we have got to work through two years or so of kind of uh, inconsistent teaching because of COVID and lockdown. And even now there'll be pupils and teachers that are on and off with COVID. So our, you know, time that we have might be really limited, but something like this is really simple. And I you know, feel free to, to ask for the template or use the template that's on the profile for this show advertisement, because, you know, what does your career path look like? So we've got a, a teacher here, Miss Castello, uh, saying that, you know, previous job was a retail sales assistant, retail visual manager, and the skills developed were time management, teamwork, communication, initiative, creative. Uh, we've got Mr. Croucher, who's a head of year, who said the previous jobs were an assistant year team leader, a lead te teacher, a pastoral officer, an adventure playground manager, a team leader for community sports outreach, and talked about all the different skills developed in those jobs. We've got Miss Reimer, who's our head teacher, who uh, talks about previous jobs being shop work, uh, a cleaner, a nanny, a theatre technician, a theatre manager, you know, all of these different things. And actually, not only is it opening up kind of, you know, that relationship, student-teacher relationship of them finding out a bit more and realising that we don't all live in the cupboard at school and have nothing in our lives to do apart from uh, mark exams and assessments, which I don't know about anybody else. I think some students think I can do in five minutes. Um, <laughs> they do an exam one day, next day, have you marked it yet? I'm like, no, there's about a hundred of you. So I'll get there, I'll get there. Um, but it does also teach them about jobs that they perhaps didn't even know existed. Uh, we've got some, uh, one of our lead history teachers or, or our lead history teacher, Miss Cherry, talks here about previous job being an intern at Amnesty International Human Rights NGO and a political risk consultant and a Middle East program assistant conflict medication NGO, which is, I mean, uh, incredible. But that's going to open up conversations and open up eyes and opinions of jobs that they perhaps never knew existed before. So... That's a small thing you could do. Small things uh, lead to those big discussions. Uh, we've got some more comments coming through. I can see I've got one here uh, from Mr. Tom Rogers at Rogers History. The man, the myth, uh, I was going to say the legend himself, but I don't want to float the ego too much. Uh, they have said that he worked in a call centre, uh, two sales jobs, uh, then customer service, other admin jobs. I also created a CD of unsigned bands and sold them in the street and got a fiver each. I made as much as that doing that as working in the call center. Uh, and again, you know, skills learned from that and development from that. And those first time jobs, I think, are so important. We've talked a lot about that. 
But again, you know, let's go back to, you know, those benchmarks, those Gatsby benchmarks that schools need to work towards. You know, number four there, linking curriculum, learning to careers, you know, telling your students what your subject can do and telling your students what your subject can do, even when it is, you know, not just the run up to options evening or, or anything like that, you know, really always talking about where you're going to learn those skills uh, because I know I can't have been the only student and, and I and I apologize if there's any math teachers li uh, listening uh, currently but I still don't know why I needed to know algebra or trigonometry or whatever the circle one was not pi but there was something to work out I can't I know trigonometry was at the triangles, but there was one to work out circles. I, I don't know what it was. It was something. So, but, you know, talk about why that's important and, and making it relatable, I think, is, is just... Shiva's um, <laughs> just laughing at me because I have no idea what it is. Uh, but you know, making it relatable is so important to, to everything that we do. And I think it's the point that, as teachers, we forget. And I know that, you know, people go, oh, we've got to add careers, guidance, and everything else and to top of everything else we've got to do. But it is embedded in what we do and it is quite easy. Uh, we just need to make sure we explicitly say things. But we also need to make sure we really tackle those first steps. And I talked about that, about being, it's got to be breaking down the stereotypes, breaking down what they think they can achieve and showing them what they can achieve. And I talked earlier about gender, but you know, briefly I'll talk just before I play uh, another news update for you, I'll briefly talk about um, race as well. I mean, I took my students um, on, on a visit. It was my year 12 and 13 students about a year ago. My old bash, but they were longer. But about, I took my, them to a student to a local university. It was a local drama university. And, you know, we look at number seven of the Gatsby benchmarks here saying uh, encounters with further and higher education is something that is really important and does absolutely raise aspirations, particularly um, as some of the students or lots of students that I work with in my school and my area, you know, have never had parents or family members go to universities. So they don't know what it is. They think they can't achieve it because they think it's too expensive and all of these things. So we're breaking down a lot with it. And we went around and it was a, they had a great time. They did some set sort of stuff. They got to do some design aspects. They got to see the theatre, saw a show, everything like that. And when we were walking to go and see the show, two of the girls um, had a conversation and they sort of stopped me and they were really casually just turned around and said to me, sir, like, where do they put all the black people? And I sort of stopped and I looked at them and I went, what do you mean? And they said, well, look, everybody around us is white. Like, there's not a single black person here. And they then, you know, these two girls, and the school that I work in is predominantly, um, you know, I think we've got 96 different languages spoken, real mix in terms of uh, where people are, are from, both within the UK, but also internationally, and real cultural difference. And when we were walking around, I sort of said to them, actually, yeah, you're right. Like, I didn't realise until they'd pointed it out. Obviously, again, that's probably slightly my privilege that I would, wasn't was aware of there and, and not realising it as a white man myself, sort of looking around, feeling comfortable. But then I looked and stopped and went, actually, you know, the, the, the 
10, I think 10 to 12 students that I had, you know, 10 of them were black and we looked around and we were like, oh yeah, you're right. But I said also, this is, this is what it's about. It's about challenging what, you know, people think is a drama school or what people think is theatre. And I said, this is, you know, not just a, a situation here. This is a, a national, this is a, a big push that everybody's trying to make more accessible the arts as well as lots of other careers. So, you know, again, how on earth are we meant to, you know, uh, what's the word? How on earth are we meant to give them aspirations and goals to go and achieve this job of being uh, a performer, an actor, or go and be a doctor or a brain surgeon if the students we're working with have this idea that they can't achieve it because they are male, because they are female, because they are not white, because they are black, because they are Asian, whatever it might be, there is an assumption that's made there that needs breaking down before we can really empower them to go and achieve those jobs. Because if they don't think they can achieve it, we can talk about all the potential career paths as much as we, as much as we like, but they're never going to make it. They're never going to do it because internally they think that's not possible. But what do you think? Um, that's the question. Those are my thoughts. This is Teacher Talk Radio. We want you to tune in and talk it out. And you can do that by getting involved with the conversation, both on Podbean Live app chat, or indeed you can do it via Twitter as well at TT Radio 2022, hashtag TT Radio. There you'll find also all the other amazing shows that are happening today. My phone is going off with loads of incredible conversations that are happening on upcoming shows. I know that Nathan's got one later today where they're talking about males in schools. And I can see I've got hundreds of posts coming through there. So do have a look at that. And also don't forget, you can listen back if you've just joined us and want to listen to more of my show or any of the other incredible shows that happen on Teach Talk Radio. Best place to go for that is dtradio.org or search it up teachers talk radio on spotify apple podcast all of those wonderful things for now though we are going to be back very very shortly talking more about this topic sharing your views talking about careers education how we get it right what we can do getting ourselves ready for national careers week next week here though first is your news update and my favorite as you all know the tech update This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N.co.uk. Introducing Bulb. 
With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb Digital Portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Wales, new funding, believed to be around £15 million, will allow free school meals to be extended over the summer holidays. This comes on top of the already announced investment of hundreds of millions of pounds to expand free school meals to all primary school children. First Minister Mark Drakeford said, Today's announcement does include £22.5 million to extend free school meals during the school holidays. Through the Easter holiday and right through to the end of the summer holiday, this year as well. That, once again, is money that goes directly to those families who will struggle the most in the face of the cost of living crisis. In Scotland, 1,324 school leavers from East Dumbartonshire went on to work training or further study. These latest figures from the Scottish Government show a 6% rise in the number of positive destinations for young people, up to 98.6%, the highest in Scotland. Rona Mackay, MSP for Strathkelvin and Bearstown said, I'm delighted that an incredible 98.6% of pupils across Eastern Bartonshire are going on to positive destinations, whether that be work, training or further study. This is a record-breaking, nation-leading figure and is a testament to the incredible work both our teachers, educators and pupils are carrying out in our communities. The transition for young people from school to adulthood is vital and the SNP is committed to getting this right for every young person across Scotland, no matter what their background. The figures were released last week in the Scottish Government's summary statistics for attainment and initial leavers destinations. (laughs) 
March the 1st is National Offer Day in England, where primary children find out if they got into the secondary school of their choice. If children miss out on their first choice school, the decision can be appealed. The government website states, the admission authority for the school must allow you at least 20 school days to appeal from when they send the decision letter. The admission authority will set a deadline for submitting information and evidence to support your appeal. If you submit anything after the deadline, it might not be considered and may result in delays to your hearing. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, today I'm responding to a tweet from Michelle Stevens at M underscore Stevens Zero, pointing out to at Team English One that a lot of people don't know about the snipping tool, and she was compiling a list of shortcuts. The thread sparked a lot of fantastic responses and inspired today's Two Minute Tech. Today I present Getting Snippy With It. In Windows, a simple shortcut combo of Windows plus Shift plus S opens the snipping tool. The snipping tool is like an advanced version of print screen. After the combo key press, a small menu appears giving you five options. Rectangle select, which is draw a box around what you want, freeform select which is draw a shape around what you want, window select which is pick the window you want to capture, screen select which captures the full screen or replication of the print screen button. Some may say there's no point to this but stay tuned, there is. Finally there's a cross to close and pressing escape can do the same thing. If you have an interactive board you can pin snip and sketch to your taskbar, right click the icon and select pin to taskbar. Now you can press it to make screen grabs and not have to go over to the keyboard. Snip and sketch also gives you the ability to annotate on a screenshot. To make this even more powerful did you know pressing Windows and V shows your last 25 captures to your clipboard? The first time you use this, you'll need to switch on the feature by pressing Windows and V and agreeing to switch it on. Now you can take several screen captures and then paste them into the app you're presenting with. This can be very time efficient. For this week's visual version of the episode, I've made a series of clips and given some real life examples of using the snipping tool. So don't forget to check out TT Radio 2020 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome back to your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, James Clark, here on Teachers Talk Radio.
here we go. <laughs> We're coming down to our final part of the uh, conversation today, our final part of the show. Very sad, I know, but I hope everybody has enjoyed it. And if you have joined us halfway and you want to listen more, um, I was going to say, well, where have you been? But, uh, you know, I don't blame you if you've been asleep. Uh, if you do want to listen back to any of the show, well, make sure you do that by going on to anything such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbeam, the website. Just search uh, Teacher Talk Radio or go on to the website ttradio.org where you'll find all of the information you need there. Uh, just don't forget, though, that we have lots of other amazing shows up and coming very, very soon. Just going to have a look myself and see what amazing things have been posted, um, which I hope you are all going to do later today by going on to at TT Radio 2022 on Twitter. We've got Nathan Lessoncopy saying, do boys need men in schools on the Twilight show uh, happening around about 6 to 7.30 this evening. Those shows happening all the time. I'm kind to have a look at where they are. There's loads happening. There's loads on there. And loads of amazing people that you can catch up on as well. Um, and you can see some of the past shows that we've had as well. So I can see on Tuesday, uh, we had the late show with some special guests there. Uh, talking about the Ofsted Advice Show with Libby Isaac. Um, so I definitely will be tuning into that one. I'm always looking for some uh, <laughs> anything that can get me through it. Uh, but today we'll be talking all about careers, opportunities, you know, the Gatsby benchmarks, all of those different things and kind of how people are doing it or getting ready for it in their school and how they talk about it. And I think it is one of those things that lots of people embed and, and includes as part of what they do. Some people have it as a separate thing. Uh, but however you do it, I think it's fine as long as you are putting in importance to it so that it's not just becoming a, an additional add-on thing. And, you know, I say that not as only because I'm super, super passionate about it myself, but also, you know... It, we are not, uh, which is going to sound very controversial, and I'm sure there'll be lots of people who might disagree, including perhaps the government here, but we are not an exam factory. Um, we shouldn't be just an exam factory. So therefore, if all we are ever doing is getting young people to turn up to school, do their exams, get a result, and then they leave and we don't really care what they do because as long as they've got the result and it pays our wages, then we're done. But if, if that's the attitude we're taking, then I think we are potentially in the, the wrong job or the wrong profession ourselves if that's something you so heartily believe the whole purpose of education is. Whilst, of course, uh, it is important that they get grades and it is important that we support them. It, however, is also just as important to make sure that we have set them up and prepared them for their next steps. I think we failed as an institution, we failed as a school, as, a, as teachers, as a profession, if we simply leave a young person uh, or only teach them on the basis to get them grades and then be like, see you later. I think we have to prepare them. We have to get them ready. We have to support them to whatever they want their next steps and goals to be because it sounds super cringy what I'm about to say. And I'm well aware this is going to sound very cringy, uh, but they are the future. You know, they really, really are. And I know that I wouldn't be in the job that I'm in now. I would never have pushed myself uh, or, you know, made myself go through potentially university twice to 
first of all, get my BA and then get my teaching qualification. I don't know if I would have done that had it not been for the fact that I had a teacher, you know, push me and say, you can do this. You need to go work in education. You need to go become a teacher, you know, go and do this. Who really guided and supported me towards that pathway. I don't know if I would be doing what I do now. Was it not because I had a teacher urging me and supporting me and telling me that process? Because it's a minefield Like you know, even, even as an adult, um, I was filling in an application the other day and I was reading this job application and, you know, I, I knew I wouldn't get the job and it was going to go for an assistant um, head job and I, I knew I would, no way was I going to get it um, and I still need to send it off. But I was reading through this application and I was like, gosh, I don't even know what <laughs> some of these things are on the paper and things like that. And I had to go and ask for support and, and help and you know, to try and get me through what I needed to do and what I needed to say and oh, what, what does this mean? What do I put there? And, you know, we're constantly needing guidance. You know, whenever we go for a new job, you know, many of us will very likely turn to a friend or a colleague or somebody that we know or perhaps somebody that works in that place and go, oh, can you check over my application or, or what should I include in that? And that's no different, but the support that is needed at a younger age is so much more. And I think... It has to have a really strong and committed uh, profile at your school to help your young people achieve um, and go on and know that they can go on and do um, these amazing things that they want with the rest of their lives. If we are simply there to get them uh, a, a grade and that is it, then I sincerely think that we are quite bluntly, uh, failing at what we're doing. But that is simply the views of one man uh, <laughs> and my own thoughts there. Not everybody would agree. Some, I'm sure, will disagree with that. But let me know your views even after this conversation has finished. We would love to hear more, love to get you involved uh, with the conversation. And don't forget that also you can join me every Wednesday morning from about seven o'clock right through to around 8.30 each day. Um, feel free to come and join us for the whole hour and a half or pop in and out. It's completely up to you. Uh, now, as I said right at the very beginning of the show, I have now finished it. It's taken me about, uh, I probably should admit that I've been doing this in between the show, but it's taken me about an hour. I've managed to now subtly get through it, I think, without anyone noticing. Um, and I have shamefully... Um, finished my pancake that I just had for breakfast. Um, it did have blueberries in it, so I feel like I've had a little bit of health there. So it did have some blueberries in it. However, it also had chocolate sauce and golden syrup. Um, and I, I, it's not my fault. I just got into work a bit later because the, the tube strikes and everything in London at the moment make everything go 10 times slower. And I got in and I was like, oh, I forgot to have breakfast, didn't have time for a coffee. I saw the pancakes were on the side because I brought them in yesterday uh, for people. And uh, I've un unashamedly uh, eaten them. And I'm unashamedly thinking I've potentially got five minutes until I need to go down and um, see my year 10 form. Can I quickly in that time warm up a third pancake? Um, Alas, I have eaten all the blueberries, but I know that there is plenty of golden syrup and chocolate sauce there. So, you know, choices are to be made today, as I'm sure 
Uh, probably some more important choices are going to be made up and down. Uh, thank you, Seema, for saying um, the only way is to eat pancakes. Thank you very much. Uh, but don't forget the whole purpose of the conversation today and everything we've been talking about is really looking at and breaking down how we can explore careers education within our school. And that the fact that this conversation, although I've been talking a lot about my experiences of secondary, you know, I go back to what we've talked about where really these conversations are most important at that primary level. You know, when we're really trying to break down those stereotypes, those uh, equality and diversity considerations that go on in people's minds about what they think they can and can't achieve, you know, those conversations really have to start at a primary school level if we're going to overcome um, those difficulties that perhaps people have later on in life where they feel they can't achieve this or they can't achieve that or whatever it might be. So thank you very much for listening with me today. I hope you've had a fantastic uh, day uh, so far and I hope you continue to have a fantastic day. Whatever it is you are up to, I hope you have wonderful fun doing it. I know that for me, what have I got today? I've got some year nine, so I've got some year eight, so I think I've got some year 13 today, uh, including some chats to year seven about puberty. There we go. Uh, and also getting ready myself for careers week. So if you do want to share some ideas, feel free to get in touch with myself or Teacher Talk Radio ahead of National Careers Week next week. And let's help our young people create the future that they want to create and you know really take on the jobs and careers that they want to do because we absolutely know that anybody can do whatever it is they want to achieve and they shouldn't let a barrier such as their skin color or their religion or any of those barriers that they think they have stop them uh, when we know for fact that they aren't barriers they are things to be celebrated that is it for me, though, on the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show. Stay tuned to Teach Talk Radio the whole of today. There are loads of amazing chats happening, loads of amazing conversations happening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and all other social medias, including LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Finally, to go on to ttradio.org, where you could become a radio host, and you could be sitting here, not, not literally here, because that, that would be on me, but you could be sitting in your house, school, wherever, running your own radio show, and we would love to have you as part of the team. It is truly uh, an incredible team with some incredible voices, so why not get your voice a part of that team? To find out more, go onto the website or get in touch with us directly. For now, though, that is all. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe. Uh, enjoy whatever it is you're going to do, and I will see you again next Wednesday on Teachers Talk Radio for your Wednesday morning breakfast show. For now, see you later. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.